Money is is broken. We see it everywhere, right? We we see it in in the poverty. We see it in the inflation. We see it in the divide between the rich and the poor. The the truckers convoy really it kind of showed the authorities that the people have more power than they want to believe. Hey everybody, this is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike and I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Hey, okay, we're on high hash rate, and here we are. Um, today, we have on a guest, I have no clue, anything, I don't know anything about this dude, um, Boomer we have on today. And Dan, you brought Boomer on, is, that, is this right? Yeah, Boomer. What's the connection? What's the connection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Boomer, he's DM'd us a few times. He uh, he knows Jared. We uh, the acceleration pleb. He's uh, oh, okay. one who recommended recommended him come on the show. Um, ah, and cool. He's uh, so excited to have him on tonight. Talk to him and uh, hear his story and hear about what uh, Bitcoiners are doing or what's what's going on up in Canada because we've got a lot of Canadian listeners and, and fans and uh, there's a shitload going on up there for good reason. Uh, there's need to be a Bitcoiner up there. So fuck it. Here we go, Boomer. Like, how's it going? Tell us about yourself. Yeah, it's going great, man. I've, I've been listening to you guys for a while. Like, uh, yeah, nice. Why, why don't you guys tell me? Like, when I first started listening to you guys, it might have been like episode like 10 or so. Like, when you guys oh, wow. had CJ, CK Snarks from Bitcoin Magazine, I think was like the first okay. time that I, all right, you guys got on my radar. And like, and I've listened, I can't, I can't. I haven't listened to every single episode, but like I listened to, to most of them. And neither, neither, neither do we. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Like how the fuck do we keep up with all these? Podcasts? Exactly. Exactly. Very right. difficult. So like when I, when I first started listening to you guys, like I, I, I would do it as, as advertised, right. You get high, have a couple of gummies, go for a walk and listen to a podcast. And, and like, I was high with you guys while I was, <laughs> while I was listening. But in the meantime, yes, I, I've, I've quit. I've quit the weed. Like it's been like it's been about six months since I've uh, since I've been on the weed, off the weed. So what what uh, what happens? We just decide to go to give it up. To yeah yeah like it was it was the weed was good for me. Like it, my you know when the pandemic was starting when, when the pandemic started you know you it's a little bit shit was weird. So it's just like it was a good way to unwind at the end of the day. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, somewhere around a year ago, I was like, okay, like you get a bad trip every once in a while, you know, like one out of 10 is like, you're, you get the, just not, it's not right. Great. The anxiety. Yeah. The paranoia. Yeah, you get the anxiety and you get the weird thoughts and stuff. And, uh, once it got to be like one in three, I'm like, mm. nah, nah, like, I can't, I can't do this. I guess. Right. That's, uh, it was almost yeah. every other time that like I'd get high, I'd like start tripping I get balls. Like Dude, I can relate to that. Um, I think in the way that I, that I kind of, my perspective on it is, um, a, it's like important to like, just not do it every day, like use it to relax, use it as a tool, whatever, right. It like, it helps you unwind for me. Like, it's a great, like I'm very focused, like I'm concentrating extremely hard at work all day. And then it's like, I can just like unwind my mind and start to like, think much more broadly instead of so such focused, uh, topics or whatever. But 
there's been times where I get to that like similar experience that you have, right. Where it's like the, the bad trips are starting to outnumber the good trips. It's to the point where it's like, yeah. it's kind of a gamble to even do it because you're like, yeah. am I, am I ruining my night? And I, yeah. for me, it's just like the, uh, that bad trip or that anxiety for is just, is something that I've been putting off or like something I've been trying to like put back and just not deal with in my life. And it's just like harder and harder to, to suppress it. And it's getting to the point where it's like, all right, I need to stop, you know, whatever this escapism is that I'm using weed for yeah. and start and start yeah. dealing with something in my life and figure it out because I'm, I'm avoiding. So that's how kind of what Yo, was happening I'm, to me. I'm super struggling with that. Right. Super struggling with that. Is that why you quit that? I, sorry, I missed the story. I want the, I do want the TDLR. But... Yeah. I, well, that was, his, uh, I was just explaining my experience and I was, uh, cause he said he, he quit about six months ago and I was talking about, you know, for me, there's you reasons say, like I quit too. Did you say why, or were you, was it like a choice that you just it's had to make anxiety? Like it was just getting more and more anxiety. Like it was becoming like one out of every three, one of, you know, 50, 50, like where you just have this bad trip where you just, you know, like the, the negative thoughts. Right. To, to me, we, I, I got into weed pretty late in my life. Like I wasn't, I was like 40 years old the first time that I got high. Like the, the, so, and I liked it. Like it, it, it's fun, man. <laughs> like, and I got into it right around the same time as I got into Bitcoin. So for me, it was a good oh, way okay. to just, kind of, you know, organize my. You think there's a correlation there? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. What's uh like when when you when you get like the bad trips, the paranoia? Are you the type of person that kind of like uh, worries about little details, uh, little particulars in life, or is like more broad? Like you know, something's not right with the government or you know whatever it, could be either. You know? it depends on the time it, it, be, it could be big it could be small and, it, and it's really too bad because I, I like being high like i really do like i i, I hate being drunk like i, I hate the feeling of being drunk sure. i hate being hungover i hate like having the you, you know like you're, you're dehydrated mm-hmm. it's, it's a shitty feeling you feel stupid like like right. i find being drunk feels i feel dumb being high like I'm not you know obviously when you get too high like when you go it's it, it's not good but that good little yeah that you know, yeah that uh balance uh that what's nice the, level yeah right exactly it's it's people feel the same way about drinking right like some people are like oh, i can have a couple of beers and if i just stay yeah. there it's great if i go too far it's uh it's when it comes to problem so the um what else do you like? What have you been doing in, in between? Like, what, do you have a new hobby or you just been thinking differently since, uh, since kind of changing it up? Yeah. Like I I've been exercising a lot more. Like it's not that I stopped ex- not that I wasn't exercising before, but you know, like I, I'm definitely going to the gym a lot more reading more. Uh, yeah. It, like it really wasn't hard. Like I, I guess I don't have that much of an addictive personality when it comes to yeah. that type of stuff. I can quit like it, it quitting it's just not a struggle for me right uh like it yeah, wasn't this long thing like actually another guy that you've had on the show plate looking pleb yeah yeah another, another friend another of mine, canadian and him and i were him and i were, were talking online and he was like yeah i haven't i haven't touched the weed in like three I, months and i'm like dude like it's been about the same amount of time for me you know like we just i just kind of just quit it wasn't yeah i uh I've actually, I, I knew about that because I followed his, uh, him just tweeting about going off or quitting weed because he, uh, from what he tweeted or whatever, he's like, you know, s- smoking weed pretty, pretty often. And he's like, I don't, I don't think I dream when I go to sleep high. I'm like, oh yeah, I've experienced that too. 
I mean, I'm not a like a daily smoker by any means, but I, I definitely do it relatively often. But it's like it's kind of one of those weird relationships where I don't think we should be illegal. I don't really think it's particularly harmful. I think it's probably got some net positive benefits depending on how it's used. But um, your personal relationship with it is kind of what matters, and it it can definitely be one of those things that you have to maybe just to prove to yourself, I don't need this. I like it, but I'm going to stay away from it and just kind of reorient how I think about it. And one thing I've noticed with you, listening to your podcast, when I used to listen to it when I was high, <laughs> and now I'm listening to it sober. And I'm, I'm and I, I realize like, are you guys less high now than you were before? Because it feels like when I was high with you guys, you guys sounded more high, but maybe that was just me. You know, I, I, I'm no, not I sure think- about that. It, it definitely depends. I mean, there's some episodes where I'm just like not super high, but there's some episodes where I, I get, it gets to the end and I'm like, I don't even know. I like, that might be a really shitty episode because I was so stoned that it was, I was having a hard time. <laughs> that happens often to me. Keeping, yeah. keeping things together. Play, look and play was one of them, man. I, that was the time I ate too big of an edible. It was like the, it was oh, like 10 X right. what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like 150 milligrams. Yeah. Or yeah which is, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's, so, that's a lot. Boomer, can you talk a little bit about your history, like where you're coming from in the world? Well, it all started when my mom met my dad around <laughs> 1974. <laughs> I don't mean I, yeah, I don't mean no. to like you don't have to go far back or anything, but what what kind <laughs> okay. of um yeah yeah what what kind of industry are you coming from? What kind of things are you interested in? Are you a painter? Yeah. Or are you a are you a computer guy? Are you, what are you? How do you, I'm how do you mind fed. the fiat? I'm a fed. Like I work for the federal government in Canada. Uh, I'm an economist. Okay. So like I'm a, I'm an actual, you know, you're serious. Yeah. That's serious. You are a, yeah. you are a federal agent in, in, in Canada's government. I'm a, I'm a federal bureaucrat. Bureaucrat. Yeah. Okay. I don't mm-hmm. call myself a, a federal agent. Uh, yeah, uh, and, what's, and the, like, what's the difference? I'm an economist, but but I, I but I'm not like a macroeconomist. Oh, okay. I don't oh, you're because really you're economist. Like, okay, got it. Like a, do you work in like so, the energy like, markets or anything? Like you like? Uh, yeah, like I, mean, I have a lot of history yeah. working in energy, but like I work mostly in manufacturing, manufacturing and energy. Interesting. And, um, like, what is uh, what what do you help the Canadian government? Um, uh, I guess build. You build, like build models, like I understand like how to invest in different industries. Like what, what is the kind of products that you're researching and putting out for the, for your bosses or whatever, for your customers? Yeah, I, I support the, the manufacturing industry, like uh, gathering manufacturing data. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and, and for most of my career, honestly, like it, like it, people think that you work for the federal government and you think that it's a political job. Like, like no, not at all. For most of my career, it's just like, you know, you just do your job, you know, like, right. Uh, um, like what's the, uh, do you like study stuff that's like pretty old, like statistics, or are you kind of keeping up with like, what's like the dynamic changes of the economy right now or in, the, in that industry? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping up to, yeah, keeping up with it sure. from, okay. What, from your perspective, when people talk about uh, the we're going into a recession or we're uh maybe we don't have as much growth in the future from your perspective how do you see 
uh, the activity in the Canadian economy? Is it looking positive or is it looking like, you know, are you seeing stuff that's making you worry? Well, I mean, th- there's definitely some worrying signs out there. Like, like okay. obviously, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to have, I don't want to speak for the Canadian government. I'm just speaking for myself here, right? Like, um, yeah, it, it, inflation is a real thing, right? Like, we're, we're, we're definitely seeing the effects of inflation for sure. Um, and we're seeing prices and, and it, you know, the, our, our inflation data came out a couple of days ago and the headline number is not so bad, but when you, you take a, a deeper look and you take a look at individual industries, you see that a, a lot of the, the numbers are, are, are not very good. Like the food, food, food inflation is high. Shelter right. is high. Right. And um, like, you know, like, been, like, if, if, you know, you say it wasn't that high. A lot of people are just not a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck and struggling to get by, yeah. but not only yeah. people like companies too. And some of these companies are operating on like the thinnest razor margins. Right. So these like 5%, 4% uh, increases in spending permanently, like in constant, like that's taking its toll, not, not just on people, but on companies. Yeah, for sure. Real real estate, right? Like when you're taking a look at like any type of company that has any type of real estate that has to, you know, re-up their lease or re-up their mortgage, you know, they're, they're re-upping on a lot higher rates than they were a few years ago. Right. People can't um, sell their houses. They're stuck if they got, I mean, not really, but you know, if you have a 2.5% or, or something like that mortgage or however low it got in Canada, I mean, you're kind of like, you don't want to give that up. You can't afford sure. to. I just realized it makes it so you sort sort of like freezes everyone in their tracks. Like they yeah. can't really, you can't really move. The, it's capital yeah. controls under a different name. Wow. That's a powerful, powerful tool. I didn't, you start to read, and then the more and more you get into fiat and you understand what the hell it is. It's like, this thing is nuts, uh, man. The, the housing market is completely over fucking sold, but. They just locked it in so nobody can fucking afford so no one to, sell, sell. to sell and actually well, you realize guys, you guys, prices. You guys in the States have different rules than we have up here. Sure. You guys okay. can lock into mortgages for okay. 20, 30 years. We can't. Like we oh, have, wow. a, we have a, a, I, I think it's every five years. Oh, we yeah. have to renew every five years, you know, re-up every five years. That's, so that someone that that's tough. House, like, I, I know personally, like I, my mortgage came up a, few, a month ago or so, right? Like, and like, and I had to renew my mortgage at a rate that was almost double Wait. what I paid. What, I was what do you mean you have to renew years. your mortgage? What does that mean? Rates don't, yeah, aren't well, sticky. Fine. Oh my yeah, God. Guys, Every you five you years, your rate changes. Yeah. Is that, that's yeah. what that means? Well, okay. your term, you, you can change your, you can change the terms of your mortgage, right? Like you can, right. you can go from fixed to variable rate if you want. Yo, that's really um, that seems very- for you guys it's every 30 years, right? Do you, 20 yeah, years. yeah, I mean, that's, 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 I mean, that's essentially, that's, yeah. a, that's I mean, what, what he's describing is what, what is normal through most of the world yeah. and most of history. Really? Like a fixed rate mortgage is a very, like, it's a very fiat American thing. Ah, interesting. Another yeah. brain thing that's gotten into me. Right. It's, it's inflated uh, real estate prices. Crazy. But, um, uh, so that, this is interesting, right? So you kind of mentioned like, you know, not everybody, that's a fed, right? Like it's some people are just bureaucrats doing their jobs. So yeah. tell, tell me a little bit more how you, you found Bitcoin, how you got in Bitcoin, because I think a lot of people kind of view the government as like this 
uh, natural, like an enemy who's like always just attacking, like it's always going to be against Bitcoin. But like the government, the state is really just made up of tons of people doing jobs. And some of those people like yourself, this is an obvious example, are Bitcoiners themselves. So it's, it's not, it's a little more complicated relationship. And so I'm just wondering how you being on that quote unquote other side, like how you became a Bitcoiner in spite of that, because of that. Yeah. I was always interested in finance, like for, for years and, and economics is like what I, what I've been doing for a long, long time. And, and, and I just, I, I just love the, the, the puzzle of, of the whole thing, like how everything works. Um, I, w- I was really involved in my local financial independence, retire early uh, community here, like a, a fire community. I don't know if you guys ever heard about that. Um, just just a, a group of, of people like that really believe in a lot of the same things that Bitcoiners believe in, the low time preference, live within your means type of, type of vibe. But in, instead of Bitcoin, it was, you know, you invest in index funds. And, you know, you have, you have a side hustle and maybe you, you know, find ways to, to live frugally and stuff. So I was really involved in that community uh, for five, 10 years. Um, and, and I was aware of Bitcoin for a while and it was always in my periphery because I'd heard about it pretty early on and kind of dismissed it like we all do. Uh, and I always followed it and I always kind of kept up. Like, what's, what's the Bitcoin market going, going doing? Uh, and then when the pandemic hit, like I, I saw the amount of, money that was being printed like i i, I saw the, the stimulus and i'm like wow like we are definitely going to feel some inflation here like i i, I kind of saw that early on so then i started looking for what i thought would be good inflation hedges um i'd always been a little bit of a gold bug i'd always kind of you know kind of believed in the sound money ethos and so I, I had a little bit of gold in my portfolio but uh I really kind of dove into Bitcoin from that, from, okay, we're, we're printing a bunch of money. Um, I knew Bitcoin was a fixed supply asset. I, I didn't know it was 21 million. For the life of me, I thought it was 26 million. Like, I, I don't know why hmm. I thought 26 and that, but it was that, but uh, I, knew it was, I knew it was a fixed supply asset. So I just, you know, I bought the Bitcoin standard, uh, read that, uh, listened to some Breed Love podcast with Michael Saylor. Um, and yeah, like I I studied for, for about six months, like pretty hardcore, like, you know, and then, you know, you get more and more into it and then you you start branching out a little bit. And, um, yeah, I think to me, what was, what was really weird. I mean, unique to my, to my journey, like was, uh, the convoy, the trucker convoy. Okay, good. Um, yeah, that's where I was going to go. That happened here. That happened literally right over there. So, so like I, I was. That, that one really, really, really affected me. Like, right. Uh, it, it was, um, uh, yeah, I was going to say the, the, uh, the time frame that you're kind of describing and I could tell by like who, what you said you were listening to and why, and it was, you know, the 2020, 2021 class of like people like really yeah. getting orange and it's like kind of a similar story in the United States. Um, you know, the COVID lockdowns, the, the money printing, the inflation, we all, a bunch or a cohort of us, in early like 2020, 21, like saw that coming. Right. And it like, it was like the tsunami where like the, the, the beached waters receding and we're like, something bad's going to happen. And we were like, we got to figure out what to, <clears throat> what to do to defend against this. And a bunch of us found Bitcoin. Um, and then the, you know, the bull market was fun for a bit, but then it, you know, 
the Canadian trucker convoy, like right as the bear market starts, but the, it's almost like the empire strikes back in star Wars, right? Like the, the government attacked uh, the bad guys attacked and it was like, oh shit, does, does, does this Bitcoin thing work or can it work? And it, and it, it, it seems that it did relatively well for the truckers. What was your perspective uh, of how Bitcoin performed and how awareness was raised during that whole incident? Well, I, it, it was it was odd. Like that that whole incident was, was odd. I, I drove in with with the convoy. Um, I was visiting my parents uh, that winter. Like uh, I'd I'd gone over right around New Year's, and this was you know end of February or so, January, whatever whatever it was, a couple of weeks, and I and I saw this convoy being organized, and I'm like you know I I got to be a part of this. Um, so I I drove in with the convoy to Ottawa. Um, and I, I, I was down there pretty well every day that, that it was going on. And, and to, to me, it, it, I was shocked at how different it was being portrayed in the media than how it was in real life. Um, what, what was the big difference there? Our media here really played this out as being an attack, like the, 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 this, this- A non-peaceful this protest. Not, 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 not peaceful. Uh, the, the hostage taking. Yeah, as, as these are bad people, you know, the, these are people with unacceptable right. views. These are people who are. Right. I remember. So like, I remember seeing the, from an outsider's perspective, seeing it was like, you were taking the city hostage. You were trying to take, it was almost like the, the, uh, the Colombian drug lord guy, right? Uh, can't remember his name right now. Like with the tanks outside the fucking Capitol building, like taking Pablo them Escobar. off. Pablo Escobar, right? Like that's how they yeah. were trying. They were trying to make it seem like that, kind of like our government did, like making like January six seem like this overblown attack on on the government. They did a very similar thing, right? Uh, but the Canadian convoy was considerably less. Uh, uh, even uh, aggressive than the January 6th thing. It was just people peacefully parking in the street honking their horns a little bit too much, but they were making it seem like you guys were trying to give everybody COVID trying to fucking force the government, like yada, yada, yada. It, it, was, it, was, it was bad, but it wasn't like that, right? No, it, not only was it peaceful, it, it, it was more than peaceful. It was like for the first time in years, I felt community, you know, like it was, it was people coming together. Um, I don't know how much you know about the history of Canada, but you know, we, we have a, a pretty divided country for a long time mm -hmm. between the English and the French. Yeah. And the Quebecers, the French people and, and the, the English people that there's, there's haven't always gotten along. Quebec's like and, they're trying to secede, right? It's like the American North and South. You know, it's very yeah, hostile. Yeah. And, and it's something that I lived with my entire life because my mother is Francophone and my mother is and my father is Anglophone. So like I saw it firsthand where like you know, literally people, when I was a kid, like people came to my house to get angry at my mother because she was talking to us in English, you know, like th th that happened, you know, and, and so, so I grew up in that kind of animosity and at this convoy, like, you know, the Quebecer and the guy from Alberta were arm in arm laughing with each other, talking, you know, sharing a coffee. It was, yeah. Sikhs. There were Sikhs there, farmers. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had great convert. Yeah, yes, yes. Like indigenous, there were people of indigenous population where the uh, representative were there. Everyone was there. And it was people from everywhere. And, and it was joyful. And right. It was and not peaceful. It was playful. You know, it, it was it was a lot of the things that 
I believe that's what Canada is. You know, like we're, we're a little bit different than you guys, right? We, we, we just are, you know, we're, it's cold up there. And yeah, it's cold. And, and the people here are, we are friendlier in general. Yeah, you, you gotta be, you gotta be friendlier in a cold place like that because you need each other to survive those winters. I mean, you got uh, electric heaters and, and, and hash, you know, uh, miners keeping you warm up there. But man, if you, yeah, if you get cut out from the tribe, you're, you're going to freeze. Yeah. And, and the history of our nations are, are different, right? Like the, the Amer- American history is built on rebellion, right? It's, it's fuck the, fuck the British. Like we're, we're doing it on our own. We're Canadians. Our, our history is more like compromising and we got to, you know, and like, Oh, well, what about you? What about, uh, you know, like there, there's, it's in our blood to kind of be like that. It's like that and, here in the American Midwest. It's very similar. We have very similar. Yeah. 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 yeah very much so. And, and I would, I was at this convoy almost every day and, and then I'd, I'd come home at night and then I'd talk to my parents and my parents were like, oh my God, they're a bunch of racist, they're horrible people, like they're violent. And I'm like, no. And, and, and I just it, couldn't believe like what was being pumped out to the public. Um, it, and then was, I'd work yeah. in the, and then I'd work in the morning, right? Like I'd, I'd wake up, I was working from home and it, it just it was tough man it, it, it was, was really tough like it made if, me feel like i was just like i i never felt that the government like you mentioned it before that the the, the empire strikes back right like the, the government is gonna is gonna come and fight back right I, I i never felt in my life that my government or any american government either was was the enemy like right. I, I always believed that we are the people like the government right for the people and that's why i you know i chose to be a public servant because i wanted to help poor people right i still do right um it's 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 um you it's funny you mentioned that because until this incident i kind of you know i'm not a canadian but I've, I've i've visited there several times i have canadian friends whatever my perspective was very similar right like i never expected the canadian government to do something like this so when it happened it was like really surprising and then it kind of brought more attention to like more of what the canadian government had been doing recently uh and during covid and it just really exposed like how surprisingly bad like i did not realize how authoritarian that the trudeau like and and the, and the rest of that government had kind of become but when i also started to go down the rabbit hole of learning about Canada, it was that there was so much popular support for some of these authoritarian measures. It seemed like uh, that it was kind of common for people to be, like you said, not the rebellious type. And, um, and it's just the, the, the government was really benefiting, especially if you look at the context of the, this time, right? Like from this separating of people and kind of like, keeping the communities shattered and, and, and I, uh, isolated. And like the worst part of this whole trucker thing was what you kind of mentioned from their perspective was like, it was real community. It was really people coming together and like kind of realizing that strength in, in those connections. I think it goes in incentives. I mean, we're in Bitcoin, right? So we, we talk a lot about incentives and, and, and I, I really, you know, looking back on, on that whole time, I, I think it's a lot about incentives. I think what we do too much uh, is we we look at individuals, politicians, or and, and we say, oh, that person is bad or that person is good. All these people are just people responding to incentives. Yeah, right? they're doing. 
they're making ch a choice based on what they think is the best thing, to whatever it incentivizes them, right? And it was tough for me because I, I really felt like I was kind of torn and I, st I still kind of feel that way, you know, where, where I'm, you know, I, yeah. I believe in my country. I, I right. believe in, in helping people. Like I, I believe in these things and, and, but I do believe that people should have the right to peaceful protest. And, and I do, you know, strongly believe in, you know, freezing people's bank accounts. It's not cool. Like I, I, I really think that's, that's a problem. Of course. Um, oh yeah. And it's, so, so I, I was, well, I just want to say, I was surprised to, I, I think about this now, that movement like was spread across the world. Everyone heard about this thing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. It's probably inspired a, a, a lot in, you know, everywhere across the world, the, what the movement was about. And it's, um, it's, it, it does strike if you're from, you know, a place that's kind of got a, a better track record for freedom and property rights, like the United States and Canada. It's tough when they do something, when they cross that line, like that, you just don't think they're going to freeze everybody's bank accounts or, or mm -hmm. actually rug them or, you know, confiscate their money. We talk about it a lot, but like we, I don't think many of us believe it's really going to happen a lot, of, at least most of the time. And then when they do it, it's such a shocking thing. But part of that shock is that there is kind of what you alluded to or what you've mentioned is like, I believe in my government. I feel like I'm part of the government. I feel like, the, you know, I re I'm represented in the government. So when this larger entity that is, that I'm a part of, that I'm a contributing member to does this to itself, it's doing it to us, right? Like it's, it's, it's scary. Cause it's the, like you said, these incentives that we're doing it to ourselves mm -hmm. in a, you know, a democratic society. Like it's the government is something is the, is preying on our worst instincts towards each other and making us very much more likely to like use this tool of the state to be authoritarian to your neighbor. And like, you have to combat that fractured feeling in society somehow. Well, when money fails, this is what states have to do, right? This is what governments yeah. have to do is, is at least in their minds. Right. Like, right. There's, I, I, I'm not scarcity. in anybody's head. I, I don't know what, you know, I don't know the details of, of, of everything. We can, we can speculate all we want, but I, I, I truly believe that money is, is broken and, and we see it everywhere, right? We, we see it in, in the poverty. We see it in the inflation. We see it in the divide between the rich and the poor. And I think that the, the, the truckers, convoy really it kind of showed the authorities that the people have more power and then than they want to believe and and, right. and it's uh, it scared them it, it scared them straight because like I last so. i checked I uh, so. a lot of the restrict the crazy restrictions that were lingering started to unwind up there right like is, within a few months is they the, heard is you is the, the freezing of the bank accounts what stopped the movement? I mean, I, I can't speak. I'm, I'm no expert on this. And, and, and not every, it's not like everyone that was down there got their bank accounts frozen. Right. right? Like, and they had to just get a few people, make an example of them, right? Yeah, exactly. You shoot, you shoot one or two people, yeah. you show everyone who's boss. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was an odd thing going, you know, I was still early in my Bitcoin journey and, and having to experience all that, right? Um, 
it was it was weird. It, it was definitely weird. And you know, coming out of it, uh, since then I, I've started organizing a local meetup. Okay. Because Ottawa, Ottawa doesn't have a very doesn't have a great Bitcoin scene compared to a lot of the other cities in Canada. Like uh, I go to Montreal every once in a while for the bull Bitcoin meetups in Montreal. I see, yeah, I see your hat. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm part of the mission mission dot bull Bitcoin slash accelerate. Yeah. Uh, if you're in Canada looking to want to sign up for bull Bitcoin. Uh, the Montreal scene is, 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 is fantastic. Like there's hundreds of people that go to these meetups. Um, and there's definitely like an energy in that, in that city, in, in the Bitcoin community. Nice. Why um, do you think that is? Why do you think that, uh, other than the fact that Ottawa is like kind of a bureaucratic capital type place where people benefit, I guess, from the, the government money printer a little bit more, do you think that Montreal is like, be, has like, because of a, less close relationship to the English capital that there's more of a propensity to it there. Quebecers are naturally got, got a, a natural streak of libertarianism in them, you know, because they have been, the, the Quebecers have been screwed over by English speaking Canada for a long time. And th- they are more naturally, you know, fuck, you know, fuck the government. Like there's, there's a natural element of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got, you know, like the, the, you, all you need is a couple of, of strong Bitcoiners in a community. Yeah. To, and you got Francis there, right? Exactly. Right. And, and, and the rest of the guys at Bull, like those guys are fantastic. Like, and, and it's not only them, there's other people in that, in, in Montreal that are fan, that, that are just, you know, pillars of the Bitcoin community. Uh, and once you have a couple of those, you, you can really build something out. So how's um, the, um, how is it? kind of starting from scratch and bootstrapping something like that in Ottawa. I mean, uh, I'm sure it's got to be encouraging. You're meeting a lot of people in that local area who you might not have otherwise even known were, uh, you know, allies or Bitcoiners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we're working on it. Like we, we, you know, like we, we started, started last year, like, uh, almost a year since we've been doing the meetups twice a month. Um, but when you like arranged- mentioned before, it's 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 a government town, right? Like Ottawa is a government town, so uh, yes, there's a cotillion effect, and we're close to the money printer here. But but it's also Ottawa is a, is is the type of place where people are afraid of shaking the status quo. Sure, you know, it's it's of course it's, it's just the type of place where you you just kind of you know toe the line, toe toe yeah. the company 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 line type type of town. Um. Do you know that, uh, do you notice that like when you guys are hanging out together, that there's like this sense of release that you don't have to watch what you're saying to each other is in, 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 in kind of proofread it in your own yeah. head before you say it. So you don't piss somebody off. There's a, obvi- yes, obviously, like I would say, absolutely. But there's also an element of people show up to the meetups and we're all like, well, what's this guy? All spooks. About? You know, like, spooks where, 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 where's he work? And, you know, the spooks are everywhere, right? Like, like half the people that come to our meetups are, our government employees right so right i think that's a healthy like, we, i think that's a healthy are environment we allowed, are we so, allowed to tell are we allowed to to be here like you know yeah that's uh that's interesting i i can really kind of picture that in my head and it's almost but it's it's also kind of unique in the sense that yeah you're wondering who's a spook but you're also like if you're a bunch of government employees as well like you kind of have that uh what you can relate to it's like hey yeah i'm also a fed but we're here, you know, or not here for the wrong reasons. I don't think, you know, we do are genuinely interested. 
Yeah. Like is, from my, I don't know about you guys, but from my experience being in Bitcoin for a couple of years now, only like it, it's, I'm batting pretty close to a, to a thousand of people that I meet in this community that are in it for the right reasons. Right. You know? um, and Mike, what do you think about this? Cause we've talked about this before, but there's a, a noticeable difference, right? Whether it's in the Canadian government, of the United States, like if you've got people who work in Washington, DC, or they're like, there's legislatures, just government officials, right? Like being Bitcoiners and like proud of it and like talking to other people about it. There's, there's some of it, but it's a lot of you know, caution. Like he's talking about, whereas in the military, like everybody's just like, fuck yeah, dude. Like f- I'm, I'm a vet. You're a vet. We're military. We're, you know, we're into Bitcoin. Fuck the, fuck the government. This is like kind of a different vibe with both government employees, really. I think that's true. But as a military member, I felt, I think I felt less like a government employee and more like a contractor. More like a government uh, tool or like property. Government or They owned us. Yeah, they owned us. Yeah. Um, No, I don't know how I would respond to that like it's just uh, an interesting distinction i guess yeah no it is i I, the one thing it makes me think about is like there's this obviously there you have bitcoin standing for all these things and we all attach ourselves to different aspects of it truth and fucking divinity and all this shit uh but what stands out to me is that it has such a conflict with what i think the government stands for or what you know, fiat is, or, and so I was just like, like as a government employee, there's gotta be some sort of friction right there with, you know, that you're holding yeah. this freedom money, but at the same time, and, and like you tell, you want to tell people about it, but at the, the same time, you're fruit. Like, it's, in, I don't know, it's an interesting, it's, it's weird, man. It, it, I literally think about this every single day, you know, like, like, right. I love Bitcoin. Like I love what it, what it stands for. Like I love what it's done to me. It's made me a better person. Um, I love what the, the potential that it has, that it will do to, to this world. And, and on the other hand, like I love my I love my career. Like I like I, I I'm one of those lucky people who's doing what they were born to do. Like I I love I love playing around with numbers. I love like what I do. And and. Mm. And I am, I do believe that Bitcoin will change governments, right? I truly truly believe From from within, it appears. Fun just fundamentally. It's incentives change. change. It's incentives change. Yeah. Uh Aha, it's incentives change. Right. So so it is, yes, it's from within. And so if the incentives change, the system itself is not necessarily completely foregone, right? If it's operating on the proper incentives, this a state, a collective action can be positive. And and I do believe that there is a need for governments. Like if, if you look look at human history, we always kind of find our way into some sort of government in of one way or another. Because right. people don't want to have to think about everything. Right. Right. Yeah. People want to pool their resources in, in a I mean, you can argue in in a more efficient way, right? Um, I don't think that's it's it's it, anytime you have a group of more than a handful of people uh, yeah. who have to live and work together and cooperate and kind of have like set up a system that everybody can kind of depend on. You have what is called the state, 
That is the state exactly. of things. So you can extrapolate it out. Maybe you can get too big and too bloated and too corrupt. But the, you know, you think stop using the word government. Maybe if it helps, if it's helpful, and just be like community, society. Yeah. What is what is society? You know, because that's kind of at the end of the day, maybe a better way to think about it. Even if you want to make it smaller. That's yeah, like a Socratic question right there for sure. Right. And and I I truly I, I truly struggle with this you know like i i think about it all the time like how can i be in you know i got one foot in each camp and you know i'm i'm navigating my way through it you know i'm learning as much as i can and i'm i'm trying to talk about bitcoin at work a little bit you know where where wherever it comes up wherever it can uh i used to be afraid to talk about it because i'm yeah. like oh what, what, the more you learn about Bitcoin, the more you realize like, oh my God, how amazing this thing is. And right. then you think that if you start talking about it, that somebody else will automatically know what you know. And it's not the case, right? Like the, the, I start talking about Bitcoin. I'm sure for everybody that I talk to Bitcoin about, they're just like, yeah, okay. Like it's just relax, dude. It's not that right. big of a deal. It's, it, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I, I kind of, I get that struggle that you kind of talk about because, but I think that one of the benefits uh, of Bitcoin, right, is that it it gives you the it enables you to have self sovereignty, uh, more pr more privacy, more control, and just be less at the whims of people who are more powerful or more well connected than you. Um, but it also gives you that individual security while helping you, enabling you to have um, honest, beneficial cooperation contracts transactions with other people and it kind of realigns your the way you look at a collective and kind of like i can be a part of this on my own terms and i can know i'm not getting scammed here and as long as i have that ability to orient myself that way i'm okay kind of being here in this you know a part of this bigger group yeah and and especially Canada, Canada has so much potential when it comes to Bitcoin. I mean, you, you, you guys see it like, uh, uh, Oh, the energy is so much what, energy. What percentage of your listeners are Canadian? Probably it's, like 40%. Yeah. Probably close to it. Right. A lot why, of Canadians. That? That's true. That's why, true. Why, why I, did, I never thought about that. Why do a lot of Canadians listen to us? Well, because a lot of Canadians the personalities are personalities in the space. Th think about the, right. the, 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 and I hate this word, the influencers in the space, right? Like Canada is punching way above its weight, way above, you know, like Jeff Booth, Greg Foss. We mentioned Francis Julio before, mm -hmm. NVK at Cold Kite, like, and, and so ETC many more. ETC sessions. Yeah. Ben, yeah, like so and so many more, right? That's so, true. Wow. Um, you went to the Canadian conference, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So you mentioned that like, it's definitely got heavyweights up in Canada. A lot of them, you know, come to the United States conferences, but you guys had your first like official, I guess, if you want to call it that uh, Canadian conference. So how, how'd that go? That was fantastic. Like it was my first experience being around that many Bitcoiners, you know, for, for yeah. you know, three days straight. It, it was absolutely fantastic. And Obviously, the presentations were good. You know, like it was it was nice to see Greg Foss do his thing with Larry Lepard on stage or, you know, that, that, that was awesome. But the greatest thing about it was, you know, the talking in the hallways afterwards, right? Like you just being around people that 
you just get it right like it seems like we are really really missing out on like canadian hockey teams playing with an orange puck with a big b on it like why hasn't that happened yet i feel like i feel like hockey is like the is the hockey fans would be like the best uh demographic to orange yeah yeah i never thought about that but but yeah yeah no i mean there's something about canadians like i think proof of work resonates with us oh yeah maybe more than with a lot of people um you guys in, in the States, you guys are built off entrepreneurship and you're built off. If I can, if I can go out West and I can be famous and I can make it, you know, it's, it's that push. Canadians are grinders. Like we, we have to deal with the fucking weather every winter. Um, and it's just, we have, we have a culture of work. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's very much a blue collar country. Right. You know, my grandfather was a coal miner. My father was a fisherman, you know, I, and, and that's normal. Like we, we got, we got farmers and lumberjacks. Like we, the we real people doing stuff. real things. Real, yeah. Oil workers. Like we, we have uh, energy workers. Like it, it's, it's, you know, like we talk about Canada and the, the bureaucratic state that it's kind of moving, moving that way. And, but that, that being said, our history is very much proof of work. Right. Yeah, and, that's, and I think that resonates. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge. It's that the uh, people that are connected to reality in some way. I mean, you got to get out. You got to put your goose down jacket on, and you got to uh, survive in Calgary in the winter. Or you got to, like you said, the oil fields. If you don't, if you don't work out in the fields, or, or you, you're not mind getting that energy, like people are going to freeze to death. It's up to you to. to but, and there's so much energy available in Canada that they could harness, and it's it's like. Like you said, there's so much potential. And I think a Bitcoin standard would benefit Canadians disproportionately. And I think a lot of them re- oh, realize I, that. I say it all the time. I say I say it all the time. Like we, we could be the center of the Bitcoin right. world in this country. We have it all. We have absolutely, we, we have the energy. We have the, the, the manpower. We have the, the infrastructure in place. You know, we, we just have, we have it all up here. Like we, we really do. And it's, it's really one of the reasons why it's going to, it's hard for me to leave my job. Right. You know, it, it really is hard. Like, because I want to be a part of this. Like right. I, I truly yeah. want to be a part of making this country the center of the Bitcoin universe. That's, and, that's fucking awesome, dude. And you know what? I think, well, I don't, I, I think maybe it's a question of, um, identity crisis or like a shift in psychology because Canada has always, and I, I say this lovingly, Canada's always just been America's hat. You know, they've been kind of yeah. like the side, like the, in the shadow of America, but America's not trending up. So Canada, if they have the identity switch to like, Hey, we're the, we're, we're in charge now, you know, ride, ride those mooses over the, over the Hills and, and, and across the border and take, take some, uh, economic, uh, some of that economic relative strength. Well, it's strategically Canada's in a nice position. I mean, it's oh, so yeah. if if you have if you have people that are like proof of workers and they they're living high, you know, in high altitudes and in cold. Every ge- every geographic attack energy, every geographic energy agricultural advantage, uh, border advantage that the United States has and it has benefit from for for centuries, Canada has as well. 
Yeah. Probably, they probably have it better. Better. Yeah, exactly. Because the people inside can can manage it, you know, and the people outside of it can't really, aren't used to right. it. It's just not an easy place to invade, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so that's I, the I, stuff I, that I try to think about more than thinking about what the prime minister is up to or, right. you know. Exactly. I, I really try to focus on the positives. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting, man. It's, uh, what, what, what's like the relationship, like between the provinces, right? Like you talked about, uh, Montreal has a big scene. Ottawa's starting, it's growing. I'm sure it's big out in like Alberta and, and some of those places, even if there's yeah. not that many people out there, are you guys yeah, uh, like, connecting better, like starting to collaborate more, talk and communicate yeah. more with each other? Yeah. Yeah. I, I communicate with a lot of the meetup organizers around the country uh, through Bull Bitcoin uh, and, and to Twitter. It's so easy now. Right. And, and you can really get the vibe that different different cities in this country really have completely different Bitcoin communities. And it, it's really cool. I, I think that's it's quite unique. Toronto, there, obviously, there's great Bitcoiners in Toronto, but there is a bit of a shitcoin vibe in Toronto. Um, Sure. Toronto's a shitcoin city. It's our, it's our Miami. Yeah, and isn't that, I think Toronto is where Ethereum is from. So like, yeah, Vitalik's you know, Toronto. What, yeah. what you, you know, what do you expect? Right. Uh, but yeah, the Calgary scene seems good. They just had a, a conference as well. They did. They had Bitcoin Rodeo. Oh yeah. Uh, I didn't go, but I watched it on on YouTube. Like, it was fantastic. Like, there's oh, yeah. some there's some real dudes up there, right? Like, you know, you mentioned yeah. BTC sessions and the, right. the guys from Bitcoin Well and you know, Steve Barber is up there. Like there's some, you know, All right. legit um, Bitcoiners over there. Uh, Boomer, before we maybe kind of give you a chance to um, show yourself a little bit more, show the Ottawa scene, uh, you, you mentioned and like you kind of work with Bull Bitcoin. I think one of the coolest things that uh, they've done at Bull Bitcoin is the ability to buy KYC sats through uh, post office, like, invoices can are you familiar with that can you explain to like other people in canada who are listening our 40 percent of our listeners like how they can just easily get uh kyc free sats uh through bull bitcoin if they have access to a post office well i'm going to refer to everybody to the website before i say anything wrong right like and, yeah. and for the record like i don't work for built bull bitcoin or anything like that like sure um and then we're not have sponsored a, have by a, them a, I have a referral code from them and they, they you know, they kind of help me out with stuff for, for my meetup, nice. but I'm, I'm not a bull Bitcoin employee, but uh, they have made it possible where you can sign up for an account and you can get a QR code from your account and you take that QR code to a local post office and you can load your account with cash using that QR code at the post office. Um, and all you need to sign up is is a name and an email and an email account. So, and I think it's like three dollars and fifty cents to payment uh, fee on on to, to be able to do it. So right. it is a way to as it's an alternative to an ATM. And and I've tried both. Like I, I've I've tried the ATMs just just to, you know I'm I'm a Bitcoiner. I want to be able to say I've tried it. And and I've and I've tried the. The post office method and i find the post office method is either easier yeah i think that's a just a, a cool ingenious little uh very simple way to to get sats out there so i just wanted to make sure 
if people are listening to that, they know that it's a possibility, but um, yeah, like if you're in Ottawa, especially, and you're listening to this and you didn't even know that there was this meetup and you guys were uh, organizing and hanging out, uh, what else, you know, how should they find out more information? Well, if you're in Ottawa and you haven't been to our meetup, there's no excuse. So check us out on, on Twitter, Capital Bitcoin. Um, you can check me out on Twitter, The Ruler's Broken. Um, I used to write for Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, so if anything I said today is half interesting to you, like I, I wrote uh, a little piece about my experience with the convoy and Bull Bitcoin picked it up, uh, Bull Bitcoin, uh, but Bitcoin Magazine picked it up. So it, it is, uh, it's, uh, it's on my Twitter account. So there's a link on my Twitter account. Um, yeah, come to, and if, if you're wherever you are and go to a local meetup and if there's not a local meetup in your city, then start one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, you know, listening to podcasts is great. Talking on Twitter is great. Like going to conferences is awesome, but nothing I, I in my humble opinion, nothing is more important than building strong Bitcoin communities all over. Right. Like yeah. that, that, that there's not nothing, nothing more important than that, where how awesome would it be if every single city in North America had their own Bitcoin scene, you know? You yeah, just it's, post on on you just post on Meetup and and you're like, hey, I'm I'm starting this yeah. Bitcoin. Whoever wants to come, and then yeah, just, is there an itinerary? Is there like some sort of bro? It's decentralized agenda. Anything people want to do. That you wanted to anything. Do? This is, I mean, this 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 podcast is the digital Meetup, but we just do whatever we <laughs> yeah. want. Well, for for our meetups in Ottawa, we what we kind of realized after hosting a couple of them. Was that there's two types of people. There are the the people that have just seen this on Meetup.com or somehow came across the the ad for the Meetup and are just curious about Bitcoin. That's awesome. And then there are people, the plebs, that have been longing for, for community. Right. So it kind of divided into two. So what we decided to do is create two Meetups per month. One for learning. You know, we called it like a Bitcoin Basics, where we teach it's it's a little bit more talking to people about what self-custody is what bit what bitcoin is and then we do another one bitcoin builders where it's people that kind of kind of know it and they kind of just want to want to hang out so this week we have a nuclear bitcoiner coming coming down nice. to talk to us I met him in el salvador yeah that's yeah. a great guy it's fantastic so he, he's coming he's gonna come uh come to our meetup we're gonna chat nice. a little bit about energy, about mining. Awesome, dude. Uh, I can't wait to hear more about how the Ottawa Bitcoin, just Canadian Bitcoiners in general, how it, how that group is growing. And uh, I'm really hoping to make sure I come to the Canadian conference last year. I was going to come this year. Things got extremely crazy at work the past few months. I've been working my ass off. Haven't been able to do too many fun things, but I'm coming to Canada next but you, year. You must have been to Pacific Bitcoin, right? Don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I went to Pacific last year. Um, I went to Miami this year, and I was coming to Canada. Things unfortunately didn't work out, but uh, I will. I'll be there next year for sure. There's nothing better than like meeting Bitcoiners in person. Like th that. Hundred percent agree. Nothing better. Hundred percent agree, man. But we'll have to settle for second best, which was meeting you tonight on Zoom. So it was great talking to you. Keep in touch. We'll do this again, Mike. For sure. Cool. Thanks for thanks for having me, guys, and thanks for like being so 
gentle to me on you know I, I lost my podcast virginity tonight with you guys and you guys are you guys are so kind Man, everyone so should, everyone should lose their podcast virginity i'm telling you dude talking to bitcoiners is never a dull conversation it's always interesting everybody's got something new or a new perspective to bring and dude high hash rate we just we're just mining ideas from plebs we're just talking to plebs. <laughs> that's true Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at High Hash Rate, or you can hit up Dan at Heartland Bitcoin, H-R-T-L-N-D Bitcoin, or myself, Mike, at Run Dance Bitcoin. That's all one word, Run Dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Holy Toledo!